Well, we are almost through with 2023. Can you believe it? And I want to share a scripture today, a little bit about the life of Joseph from the book of Genesis. The story of Joseph is an amazing story. Joseph, unlike all of you, he had trouble. Your life is perfect. You don't have any problems. You live in the greatest nation on the planet. You have plenty of money. You have good health. I can't even get an amen up in here. Everything goes your way. You have a perfect job. You have a perfect spouse. Your husband is perfect. Your wife is perfect. Your job is perfect. You have a perfect church. <laughs> Everything about your life is perfect. You don't know any problems. You don't have any troubles. You don't know how to deal with the storms of life because you have it so good. You have it so great. So you might, need it, you might not even be able to relate this morning when I tell you a little bit about the life of Joseph. Joseph had trouble. Oh, he had trouble right here in River City. With a capital T, he had trouble. When he was young and dumb, he had a dream. And he came and told the dream to his brothers. And basically, the dream was that they were going to bow down to him. It was symbolism. But he was the youngest, young and dumb. Didn't know any better. Didn't know he probably shouldn't have shared that. So they all got jealous. They all got mad. They didn't like him. He was his daddy's favorite. His daddy gave him the coat of many colors. And Joseph just didn't know any better. He just kept talking about those kinds of things. And so the brothers put him in a pit. They told daddy that he died. And they took that coat of many colors and put blood on it and gave the indication to daddy that Joseph is dead. One of them felt bad about him being in the pit, so they got him out of the pit, but they sold him into slavery. And he took off to Egypt with the slave traders. When he got down there, things went well for a while, and then he was betrayed by his master's wife. She wanted to seduce him. He had integrity. And he backed out of that situation, but he left his coat. So she went to her husband and said, this man tried to seduce me. So he got put in prison. So he went from the pit to being sold into slavery to going into prison. All of this while he was telling his brothers or had told his brothers that you're going to bow down and worship me. His trouble, his life was full of trouble. So I know that some of you in reality have had trouble. Maybe this year. 
maybe last month, maybe this month, maybe this week. Maybe some of you are dealing with trouble now. I don't know. I just know that life happens. Stuff happens. Things don't always go our way. Even though we live in the greatest country, we have our problems. Even though we are blessed and we have a great church and we have great friends and we have great love from God, we have storms. Even though we are blessed and we know the word and we declare and decree good health, sometimes our body is attacked. Sometimes we are sick. Even though we are tithers and we are sowers and we are givers and we understand the principle of Galatians 6, 6, 7, and 8, and we know how it works, that as we give, God gives back to us. There are times that we are under financial attack. There are times we don't have enough money at the end of the month. We know the Bible says, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Sometimes we're persecuted, persecuted for our faith, for our belief, our trust in God. So today, as we think about all of those things and we enjoy the Christmas season with our family and our friends, and we were here last night and such a powerful anointing in the house. I led everybody here in the sinner's prayer last night, asked to forgive, asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and prayed a family blessing. And I had several as they went out the back door. I had one lady in particular came and she said, I want to thank you, sir. I've never been here. I've been to a lot of churches over the years. She said, but churches don't give altar calls anymore. Thank you for praying at the end. Thank you for salvation prayer at the end. So as we are getting close to the finish line for 2023, I want to just give you some scriptures a little encouragement, a little direction, and some reminders of some things that you already know about how we can finish strong. Look at your neighbor and say, Hey, I will finish, and I will finish strong. In the name of Jesus, I will finish strong because we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. Through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, we will finish strong in Jesus' mighty name. In spite of a troubling season, in spite of the storms of life, we're going to finish strong. So how are we going to do that, Pastor? Well, you're going to keep the right attitude. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. We are going to keep the right attitude no matter what. No matter if there is a texture that cuts across in front of you and almost hits you and doesn't even realize that he almost had a wreck and went to wherever he was going. We're going to keep the right attitude. Even if you wake up with a sore throat during the holidays, we're going to keep the right attitude. Even if finances are tough and you spent too much for Christmas gifts, we're going to keep 
the right attitude. Even if you have to spend the holidays a few meals with your least favorite family member, we are going to keep the right attitude. Because attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your pitch and how high you go. I had the privilege of being an aviator. At a young age, I learned to fly airplanes. My family, we had 12 pilots in our family, and we were blessed to be able to fly little small airplanes. And they teach you that it's not your speed that determines your altitude. It is your attitude. That is an aviation term. Your attitude determines how high you go. If you have the wrong attitude, even if you are climbing and you have plenty of speed, if your attitude, your pitch is too high, you will stall the airplane. The speed will bleed off and you will fall one way or the other, depending on if it's a single or a twin or what kind of plane it is. It will fall off and then it will go into what they call a flat spin. You don't want to go in a flat spin. As a matter of fact, after about two turns, you're in trouble if you don't get out by the third turn. Only some pro stunt pilots can do a flat spin and spin more than three times and come out of it. If you, as a general aviation pilot, have not studied and practiced and know how to do stunt flying, if you stall the airplane because your attitude is wrong and you're trying to go higher with the wrong attitude, you will fall into a stall, into a flat spin, and you will spin and you will, you will die. The same is true in life. If you cannot keep the right attitude, you will not reach the altitude that you want to reach, and you will go into a stall. You will stall out. You will stall out. The people around you will not want to support you. Your family and friends will not want to support you. You will stall out. You will eventually go into a spin. You've heard people say, he's spinning out. It's because you had the wrong attitude, which caused a stall which causes a flat spin, which will cause you to spin out and die and hit the ground. Bump your neighbor. Say, hey, keep the right attitude. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9 says, And now, when? Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Because they are broken. Fix your thoughts. Change your stinking thinking. You're thinking all wrong. You're processing all. Some folks don't know how to process. You need some help processing. You need somebody to process with. You need somebody to be accountable to because you're on an island by yourself and you don't know how to process the things that are going on around you. You think everybody's against you. You've got a chip on your shoulder. You need to change your attitude and fix your thoughts because they're broken. The Bible says fix your thoughts. Fix them because they're broken. Fix them. Set them right. Get them in the right perspective, in the right attitude. And then he says, change the way you think. Fix your thoughts on what is true. The Bible also says, if you believe a lie, you'll be damned. Why do you believe lies? 
Why do you believe everything you read on social media? Why do you believe everything you hear in the news? You can't trust it. Yeah, I said that. You can't trust it. When you were six years old and Walter Cronkite was the newscaster, maybe. But not now. Only you old folks know who Walter was. And they raised their hands. I wouldn't raise my hand. <laughs> Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right and what is pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely. Fix your thoughts on what is admirable. And then he said, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Quit thinking about negative things and evil things and wrong things and sinful things. Keep your thoughts on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice, watch this now, all you have learned and received from me, the Bible says. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, think on those things. Keep putting those things into practice. Then, and only then, he said, will the God of peace be with you. You want to have peace? Fix your broken thoughts. Keep the right attitude. Does that help anybody? Here's another one. We're going to come back to Joseph in a minute. I hadn't left Joseph. Keep the right attitude. Do the right thing. Mm, I felt that one bounce back. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Don't matter. But pastor, you don't know how they have hurt me. Don't matter. Pastor, you don't know how they lied on me. Don't matter. Pastor, you don't know how I was abused. Don't matter. Now, I'm not saying that any of that is right. It's not justified. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no matter what everybody else does, no matter what somebody else does, you need to do the right thing. It seems like they call it a golden rule. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. It didn't say do to others what they did to you. That's the way some folks read that. They want to get them back. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. You're not going to get them back. Put it in God's hands. The Bible says, don't miss this one. This one's a good one. The Bible says pray for them that despitefully use you, that hate you and use you, despitefully you. Pray for them. And if you do, the Bible says it will heap coals of fire on their head. One guy said, well, good, I'm going to pray for them, and I hope it burns their brains out. That's not what he meant. But pray for them anyway. Have the right attitude. Keep the right attitude and do the right thing. You know what's right. And when you've been done wrong, two wrongs don't make a right. When you've been done wrong, don't do somebody else wrong because they did you wrong. When you've been done wrong, do the right thing. Keep the right attitude. Sometimes it just means keep your mouth shut. 
just, just keep your mouth shut. But I heard what you said, but pastor, I want to give them a piece of my mind. Before you give them a piece of your mind, you need to be sure you have some to spare. You may not have any to spare. You need all you have, so don't be giving them a piece of your mind. Just do the right thing. Keep the right attitude, because if you have the wrong attitude trying to go to a higher altitude, what's going to happen? You're going to what? You're going to stall. And if you stall, then what's going to happen? The wing's going to fall, and you're going to go into a spin. And if you don't get out of that spin by the second time, the third one, it's unlikely that you will come out of that spin, and you're going to fall to the ground, and you're going to die. You're going to crash and burn. That's right. So do the right thing. Keep the right attitude. And then we're going to keep going forward. Everything about you was built to go forward. Jeremiah 7, 24. God says, but my people would not listen to me. Mm, I, I wish that was a new problem. He said, my people will not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following their stubborn desires of their heart, their evil hearts. They went backward instead of forward. And God said to Moses, tell the people to go forward. Everything about you was built to go forward. I know there are times you want to back up. I know there are times you want to turn around and go around. There, go, go back the other way. There are times that you want to get off. But you were built to go forward. So even though the world may be going backwards, even though they may be going in the wrong direction, even though they may be doing things that are contrary to the word of God, you, my friend, are a warrior. You are one of the remnant people that God has brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And he wants you to be an example. He wants you to have the right attitude. He wants you to do the right thing. And he wants you to keep going forward Regardless, if everybody else turns around and goes in the other direction. Look at your neighbor and say, go forward, go forward, go forward. Then here's one. You're going to love this one. Don't hold a grudge. Forgive. Don't hold a grudge. We used to sing a song. It was something like, shake off these heavy bands. Anybody remember that in kids' church? Shake off. Shake it off. Shake it off. When Paul was shipwrecked, he was stoking the fire. They already thought that these were prisoners that had escaped. And when he was stoking the fire, the Bible says that a, a viper attached itself to his hand, to his wrist. And the natives there said, oh, he must be a murderer. And he did not escape the storm, but the gods are going to see that he is killed now. And the Bible says that Paul just shook it off in the fire. And when he didn't die, the Bible says they changed their minds and said, he must be a god. You see, if you'll do the right thing, if you'll keep the right attitude, if you'll keep going forward, and if you'll forgive and not hold a grudge, the people that have done you wrong, that hate you, that want evil to come to you, will change their minds about you. And here it is, very plain in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, 
your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. So here it is. Don't hold a grudge. I know they've done you wrong. Don't matter. Do what's right. Don't hold a grudge. Forgive. As a matter of fact, let's do that right now. Lift your right hand. Just say, Father, I forgive everybody that has offended me. Everybody that has wounded me. Everybody that has done me wrong. I forgive them. I put them in your hands. I release them to you. Help me to forgive. Help me to go forward. Help me to keep rising higher to do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So don't hold a grudge. Forgive. And then live your life according to purpose. Has anybody ever said, I know I'm here for a reason? Yeah, you've got a purpose. God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah said, I know the thoughts that he has toward me. Thoughts of a future and a hope. Not of evil, but for an expected end. God has a plan for your life. So live that life with purpose. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend or lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. He will direct your steps. So live on purpose. You think Joseph did that? Let's go back to Joseph. So he gets, he gets sold into slavery. He finds himself in prison, but he could interpret dreams. And so two others were put in prison, and he said, when you get out, remember me. They didn't. But finally, somebody did. And the prime, the Pharaoh wanted him to come and interpret a dream, and he came. And you know the story. He told the Pharaoh, he said, there'll be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And in Genesis 41, they placed him, made him prime minister. He went from the, the, the pit to the prison and then to the palace as prime minister. Pharaoh placed him over all the kingdom and gave him preeminence. He was number two. Nobody was higher other than the Pharaoh himself. And he put a gold, a gold necklace around his neck, gave him expensive clothes, gave him the number two chariot. He put him in charge. And he said, everybody's got to listen to what this man says. He's going to rule the kingdom. He was living on purpose. It did not change the fact that his brothers hated him. Anybody got family that hates you? Oh, did I say that? It did not change the fact that they sold him into slavery and convinced the daddy that the boy was dead and that animals had killed him. It did not change his past. It did not change all the things that had happened to him. When he became the prime minister, living in a palace, Pharaoh gave him a wife. And to that wife, she bore 
to him two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Don't miss this now. Because names are significant in the Bible. They ought to be significant to you, your children. The names you give them should be significant. So he named the first one Ephraim, which means God has caused me to forget all of my troubles and my father's house. So every time he called that boy's name, that firstborn, Ephraim, Ephraim, Ephraim. Come here, Ephraim. Go do this, Ephraim. Come, I love you, Ephraim. Ephraim, come see your mama. Come play with these guys that are visiting us today. Come here, Ephraim. Every time he said it, he was saying, I forget. God caused me to forget all my troubles. My troubles are gone. My troubles are in the past. God's caused me to forget all of my troubles. I need to tell somebody today, the God that you serve, if you'll do these things that I've told you today, he will cause you to forget all of your troubles, all of your past, all the circumstances. He will cause you to forget all of those troubles. And then he had another son. His name was Manasseh. Manasseh means fruit, fruitful. He called him Manasseh saying, God has caused me to be fruitful in this foreign land. He's caused me to forget all my trouble and all the past in my father's house. And he has caused me to be fruitful. He has blessed me. He has brought increase into my hands in this foreign land. Could I tell you today that where you are, God has anointed you to forget your past, to forget your troubles, and he has brought fruitfulness into your life. He is bringing the blessings into your life. He is bringing increase into your life. He is bringing the multiplication increase in your life. You might have used to drive a car held together with bumper stickers. And now you've given cars away. You're blessed. You are blessed, and you are highly favored. Let me tell you what he did. When Joseph did this, he literally was renaming his season. Sometimes you have to rename your season. Job said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So persecution is going to come. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble, he said. So trouble is going to come. But you need to take charge. Do the right thing. Keep the right attitude. Keep going forward. Forget your past. Live on purpose. And rename your season. What season is this? This is the season I'm high, blessed and highly favored. This is the season of increase. This is the season of good help. This is the season of double fruit. This is the season of multiplication. This is the season that God, I was born for this season, for such a time as this. So in spite of your trouble, I believe the Lord just put these things in my spirit to give you today. That as we close out 2023, you're going to finish strong. Finish strong. Your story will help somebody go forward and reach their purpose. Your story. Tell your story.
Your story's important. Your story has power. Your story is anointed. We have CR every Monday night, and every week we have somebody, or every other week, somebody tells their story. And everybody there testifies, and they're part of that community. This is what God delivered me from. This is what God is bringing me out of. Tell their story. And their story encourages somebody else. You know, sometimes the devil wants to embarrass us, and he, he wants us to stay all closed up and by ourselves alone and think nobody knows what I'm going through, and if they did, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to be friends with me. No, no, no. Your story will help somebody else get free. Your story will break somebody else out. Your story will have somebody thinking, well, if he'll do it for them, he'll do it for me. And that's the truth. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. Amen. God's a good God. He loves you so much. He's got a purpose for your life. And your future is bright.